This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10, Women, Wealth, and Wow. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and handmade entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I will introduce you to my friend and your small biz lady, Melinda Emerson. Melinda is the author of Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, and she is the host of the weekly Twitter talk show, Small Biz Chat. I actually met Melinda through Small Biz Chat. You know how I love connecting with people on Twitter, and Melinda was one of the first woman entrepreneurs I met on Twitter, and I have been honored to be a guest on Small Biz Chat. Now, let me just tell you that Melinda tells it like it is. She just puts it out there, and you will hear from our conversation that a successful business does not take shape from the efforts of one person alone. It takes a village. Melinda's story also showcases how being vulnerable can give your business an unexpected boost, and in her case, a really big boost. It also gives us all something to think about when it comes to creating a business that can run without us having to touch every single aspect of it. Lots of food for thought on that topic. You can get a summary of this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 23. I'll be right back with Melinda Emerson, your small biz lady. Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Thank you so much, Donna Maria, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, Melinda, we all know you from your books and your videos about being a social media ninja, your blog, and everything. But you know what? I think most of us know you from Small Biz Lady on Twitter. So I would love to know the story about how Small Biz Lady started. How did it come to be? Well, I, when I wrote my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, back in 2008, that was right around the time that the market crashed. And when the market crashed, I had just turned my book in. We were slated for an early 2009 release. And my publisher called me and said, listen, thank you so much for being a first-time author that actually turned your book in on time. But we don't think anyone's thinking about entrepreneurship right now. So we've decided to postpone the release of your book until March of 2010. And this was September 2008. And I was absolutely devastated. I was like, what do you mean nobody's thinking about entrepreneurship? The market just crashed. All these people are losing their jobs. And they said, we know, we know, but we just believe that we want to bring this book out in a more favorable environment. So, you know, we'll be in touch, <laughs> basically. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, oh, holy macaroni. What am I going <laughs> to do? You know, mm-hmm. um, and one of my good friends from NSA told me, she said, girl, you better get you a publicist and start publicizing that book anyway. Mm hmm. And social media was just starting to be something people were talking about on a regular basis. And I was like, oh, my Lord, what am I going to do? And a friend of mine introduced me to this woman. Her name was Kathy Larkin. And she had this company called WebSavvyPR.com. Mm-hmm. And 
I called her up. Sad story. Sad story. Sad story. Right. <laughs> And she said, great, we got 18 months. That's what she said. I'll never forget it because I thought I was talking to somebody crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, no, no, this is actually going to be a good thing for you. And I was just like, really? How so? She said, I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go out on Twitter and build your brand. Mm-hmm. And Don Maria, I said to her, what is Twitter? <laughs> Did you? What, what are you talking about? Literally, I was like, I have no idea what she's talking about. And she said, don't worry. I'm going to teach you how to use Twitter on my account. And then we're going to get you your own account. So for about a week or two, she showed me little tricks and stuff and how to follow people, how to listen and how to use hashtags and stuff. And I, and I was like, okay, okay. So finally the day came for me to get my own Twitter account. So I'm on the phone with her in front of my computer. Or she's on the phone in front of her computer. And I go to twitter.com and I type in Melinda Emerson. And I immediately get a notice back that this name is already taken. Oh, my goodness. I yes. was like, you have got to be kidding me that somebody had got to Twitter before me with and got my name? What? Mm-hmm. You know. So then Kathy said, Well, just for kicks, let's go out to Facebook and find out how many Melinda Emersons there are. And there were seven other Melinda Emersons. And uh I was the only black one though, but <laughs> there were seven <laughs> other ones. Um, and she said, Okay, well, we gotta come up with a nickname for you. And I said, A nickname? You mean like Mindy or Melly Mel or something like that? <laughs> And she said, no, I'm talking about a nickname that tells people who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, like what? Because <laughs> by this time, I'm totally disgusted, right? And so she said, how about small biz guru? And I was like, yeah, not really feeling that. Mm-hmm. How about small biz expert? That's great keywords, she said. Yeah, yeah. Like, now nah, I'm not feeling that. I don't think it is for you to call yourself an expert. I do believe it is for others to call you one. Yes. And then she said, how about small biz lady? And I was like, huh, hmm. small biz lady. I, 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 I might could be her. Ooh, what a I great story. And that was the day I became small biz lady. And that was the best branding accident that could have ever possibly happened to me because there are thousands of small business experts, but there is only one small biz lady. That's right. And I love how that story points out that you can take an adverse situation or some sort of life or business disappointment and just figure out a way to turn it around. Absolutely. And absolutely. But I, but I also believe that, you know, every kick is a boost, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, it just worked out and Twitter was, was still very young and a lot of people didn't know how to use it. And literally I became, you know, a Twitter ninja Yes, and it, and it has completely led to an entirely new business for me that I never would have thought of. I never would have had. And I'm so grateful that 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 whole situation happened. It didn't feel very fun at the time, though, Mm -hmm, I got to tell you. mm -hmm. Um, I was afraid. But as luck would have it, um, by the time my book, Become Your Own Boss, came out in March of 2010, I had 10,000 followers on Twitter. And the first printing of that book sold out in three months. 
That is wonderful. And, you know, it's such a testimony, again, to um, how, you know, adversity brings about such wonderful things. And um, but also just to the power of Twitter. So the idea to start that Twitter chat that became so popular and is so popular today, small biz chat, how did that grow out of your learning how to use Twitter? Well, to be honest with you, it was really interesting because we were noticing that other people were doing tweet chats. And it was like, I one of the things that I always did when I started using social media was I literally started answering somebody's small business question every day. I would share an article written by somebody else every day, and I would share something personal about myself every day. And like something silly, like had to act like an ape to get my son Jojo to eat a banana this morning. You know, something <laughs> like that. That would that would make people laugh, but but to make people understand that I was a real person. Mm-hmm. But what I found was that I was spending so much time every day trying to find these questions that people had, right? And I right. said, well, what if I could create a mechanism that would make people with questions find me? Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, that was when people were just starting to do tweet chats. And the first chat I ever saw was Jern Chat, which used to be done by Sarah PR Sarah Evans. And um, she would do her chat for journalists and PR folks. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Maybe I could, you know, do one for small business owners. And so, you know, we kind of searched around to see what was out there. And there wasn't a lot for small business owners on Twitter. So can you believe that there was ever a time when there wasn't a lot for small business owners on Twitter? Amazing. It was early on, you know, mm-hmm. you talked about early 2009. And, right. um, and so, you know, we started Small Biz Chat mm-hmm. and we made a bold decision. We said, you know, could we do it every week? Like, could we actually do it every single week? Right. Um, and we did. And we've been going strong for six years now. Yes. Yes. It's incredible. Um, but we've been going strong for six years. And it's so much fun. That that chat is fun. Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, for those of you who, who may not know, it's it's a great deal of fun. You can find a lot of people that are like-minded to you as an entrepreneur there from, from different walks of life and different industries. And Melinda, what you just shared, the second thing you just shared, which is how you started the Small Biz Chat, is also such a great example of what small business owners can do by looking to other industries to see how they use some of the tools that we need to be successful. So going outside of your industry and seeing what others are doing is, is what you did to start small biz chat. That was your inspiration. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it came from an idea of what if I could figure out a way to, to convene small business owners and Mm -hmm. answer their questions like in one setting. And then it was like, Oh, wait a minute. People are doing that on Twitter. Hmm. Well, what if I could create create a, a Twitter talk show, if you will? And and that's basically um, how Small Biz Chat came about. And then mm-hmm. we decided that, you know, we really wanted to make it valuable to people that maybe don't use Twitter or maybe have a commitment on Wednesday nights. So then what we started doing was taking the Q&A, because we put so much work into Small Biz Chat. Yeah. That yeah. It was crazy not to figure out how to repurpose some of that hard work. And so... Then we started taking the Q&A interview and turning it into a blog post. Right. And that really, that was really helpful 
on a couple of different ways because a it saved me from having to write another new blog post every week <laughs> and two it was so valuable as a value add to the people that came on as my guests to then have their content shared all week long um you know through social media off of my blog so that's really what took it into the stratosphere was when we brought them on the show had them as our guests on the show and then put it on my blog and shared it for the next seven days. That really took, I didn't have to beg people to be my guests on small bitch chat anymore. Right, right, in, right. The, in the beginning I did, I was begging people in the beginning and now people stalk me to get on small bitch chat. <laughs> so it's amazing what a difference a couple of years will make. Yes. And you know what the community that has been built around that event is very, very impressive as well. I mean, there are so many people who have developed relationships and friendships, business collaborations that come straight out of their meeting on Wednesday nights. Absolutely. And, and I can't tell you how many business opportunities I have gotten because I am the convener of, of, um, you know, yes. because because I'm the convener of Small Biz Chat, um, um, I control the conversation. Yes, you are the host, the hostess. So tell me this, Melinda. Um, you know, chats on Twitter come and chats on Twitter go, and they change and they morph. And what are your tips for people who might be thinking about using Twitter in that way to start some sort of chat or community around a topic of interest in in their businesses? Well, I think that the great thing about small biz chat is that it really is about peer to peer mentoring, you know, so not only can you get advice from me and whoever the guest is, but a lot of times I do see people, um, I, I, I definitely see people who interact with each other and ask each other questions. Sometimes people are having sidebar conversations, you know, right, right, there's, right. there's all kinds of stuff. Um, that people go through and, and that, that it's a safe place for people to share, you yes. know, um, and we don't let brands come on here and, and, you know, start pitching their wares to people. We don't do that. Well, I mean, we certainly do giveaways and we certainly have people that sponsor small business chat and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's for business owners by business owners. Right, right. And that's one of the good things about it, too, because I noticed that when you do have sponsors, they're clearly outlined that they're sponsors and they're not just, you know, sneaking in. There's no payments under the table. It's it's a really um, credible presentation. So congratulations on that. Yeah, well, I mean, we we made a very strategic decision from the very beginning that we weren't just going to let brands come on and hawk their wares. Because right. you can imagine I get emails like that every week. Sure. <laughs> from some friend that would love to give me money mm-hmm. to, to come on small biz chat. And I'm like, Whoa, hold on. That's not how we do things here. If you're not adding value to the conversation, if you have never walked in the shoes of an entrepreneur, you cannot be a guest on small biz chat. Right. Right. And and that's one of the th- things that I think makes it so special is, is that credibility and that authenticity and that, and that um, expectation that people have of, of those high standards. So what a great example. And I, I would encourage everyone to check out Small Biz Chat on Wednesdays. And also, you know, other chats if you think that uh, Twitter chat might be something that might be useful for your business. So Melinda, let's, let's turn a little bit to talk about one of my favorite topics. 
women in business. I know this is one of yours as well. I would love to know just, you know, you've been in business for many, many years. What are some of the trends and some of the uh, steps forward that you have seen women take in the last several years as entrepreneurs? And where do you see things going for the future? Well, I'm so excited about what I see women doing in business. And what I love is that women are now in every industry you can think of. You know, we've got sewage companies and uh, video production companies and tech companies and, and developing technology and engineering firms and architecture firms and all kinds of stuff. I mean, we're still very much doing professional service businesses as well. I mean, we have people, you know, creating million dollar businesses, selling clothes on Facebook. I mean, you know, people, the thing about women is we have always been resourceful. We have always been hustlers. We have always been able to do whatever we got to do for our kids. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is our secret weapon at the end of the day. We're willing to admit we don't know things. Um, Now, some of us do get into superwoman syndrome and we do think nobody can do it like us. And that is a danger that some of us fall into. But I do believe that women are getting more money. They're going after investors and they are creating jobs and changing people's lives. And it is awesome to see so many women worldwide empowered through entrepreneurship. Melinda, what what do you think we as mothers of daughters and aunts of nieces, what do we need to do to prepare young people, young women in particular, for success in career in the coming years? Well, for one, we need to encourage young women to be confident in their own ideas. I think I I think that sometimes we as women, particularly as when we are younger women, we second guess ourselves. We feel like we need somebody else's opinion or validation to 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 realize that we've got a great idea. And we don't. You know, there's nobody that's going to come rescue you. And that's the thing we need to teach our young women, that they need to be independent. They need to be self-sufficient and they need to trust themselves and trust their own ideas because confidence is is 90% of a sale. So if they don't believe in honey, nobody else will. That is such a good statement. Confidence is 90% of the sale. And if you, if you have that level of confidence, the other 10% will not necessarily be easy, right? But it's, 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 more, um, it's more approachable. You're more approachable when you come to those more difficult things in business, do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to be confident. We mm-hmm. have to be willing to say, yes, that was my idea. Yeah. No, and I think that we struggle when we don't do that, but we just hurt ourselves, I think. And the collaboration that you talked about between you and Kathy Larkin um, coming up with, uh, you know, the chat and the small biz lady together, that is such a great example of how we can reach out to other women in our community and how those ideas just start to percolate when we get together. Well, I think... I think the best example that Kathy Larkin teaches us and in, in my use of her in my business is that I hired a coach because I didn't know what to do. Right. And we need to be willing as women to invest in ourselves mm-hmm. so that we don't spend a bunch of time fumbling around trying to figure it out. 
Now, this is so hard because I, I want I want to dig a little bit on this, Melinda, because when we start our businesses, most of us do not have investors. Most of us really don't want investors, but we certainly don't have them. I wouldn't say most, but certainly there's a growing number, I think, of women um, who, you know, really just would rather figure out how to bootstrap and read books like yours and, and, and tap into some of those other resources. But Melinda, once you have, you know, things going, um, you know, where do you find, what, what do you describe? What adjective is there to describe the woman? Says, you know what, you know what, I don't have $3,500 to attend this conference and invest in myself. I do not have it. I've got to figure out how to get it. Where does that sort of gumption come from? How can you encourage us to be able to grab for that when we have the vision, but we don't necessarily have the means? Well, there's all kinds of ways to skin a cat. And I think that one of the things that we have to do is look for ways to be there when we can't be there. And that means call them up and ask if you can volunteer. Find out if you have a friend going to that conference and would they be willing to let you be in their hotel room because you don't have the money to really be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, be humble and be willing to say, hey, what can I do to contribute to still be in the room, still be in the game? Figure it out. Yeah. You got to have your hustler mentality on at all times. You know, and one of the things I have found, and this is kind of an intangible, is that once you set your focus on something and once you decide you want to do something, you can rustle up your resources. Sometimes you have to, you know, turn off the you know, some of the other things that you pay for in your business for a while. So you can come up with the resources to invest in yourself. There's always some fat we can trim. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, please, we mess over a hundred dollars in a week. You know, mm-hmm. you got a Starbucks habit. You can find a hundred dollars. You know? <laughs> so, if you got a Dunkin' Donuts habit, you can find you a hundred dollars in a week. You know, and, and if you live in the Northeast where I do, if you got a Wawa habit, <laughs> you, know what I'm talking about. you know, you like to go to that convenience store and get your coffee and donut in the morning. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of ways that you can get what you need. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might be going to close family and friends and asking them, will they invest in you? There you go. And that's another uh, um, thing that we we need to do as well. And it is hard. I'm not going to sit up here and lie because I, look, I got a family. I got brothers that think they know everything in my life too. So, you know, it's hard Mm -hmm. sometimes to turn around and go back to your family and ask for help, Mm -hmm. but you have to decide what you're willing to do to live your dream. Yes. Yes. And it's good training for some of the decisions that the tough decisions that you have to make down the line in your business. Melinda, what is your definition of wealth? My definition of wealth has changed over time, but I will share with you the definition that my father shared with me. And that is, you are wealthy when your money works for you and you're not working for your money. And as long as you are out here chasing a check, needing a check, you are not wealthy. I mean, because the people that play for in the NBA, they are rich. The people that pay them are wealthy, mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. you know, and that's really how you have to think about it. So I also believe though, that the only way to build true wealth in America is to be an entrepreneur. 
To be an owner. Yes. 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 You have to own something, Mm -hmm. but you also have to get to the point where your business can run without you because if your business still needs you, you are not wealthy. And I'm so glad you said that. And I want to dial that back for a second too, because I had a conversation with someone about this the other day. I've been in business for 15 years and so have you just about, um, maybe even 16 years, 16. Yes. Yeah, so you've you've been around around that block a few times. When you first start your business, let's talk to people who are just now starting and they want to get to the point where the business can run without them. How can you encourage them? Because when you first start, you pretty much are wearing all the hats and you you it can't run without you for a while anyway. What well, encouragement? As long as that's part of your plan, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like you don't want to you don't want it to be. Um, forever that it is like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what I mean and that's you've got to think about how you Mm -hmm. can build a business and create processes and systems Mm -hmm. so you can get people in there to help you yes yes and and this is one of the things that's so tough too I think Um, I'd love your thoughts on this as well so much of what many entrepreneurs do today and women in particular so much of what we do it doesn't it doesn't hinge 100% on our personality, but a lot of it does. I mean, you're the small biz lady. If someone else came to Twitter chat, I'd be like, well, that must be a guest host. <laughs> Melinda, Melinda will be back next week. But, but I, I, I think what I'm saying is, is that we get such an amazing amount of leverage from being a part of our businesses and being visible to them. That transition down the road can be a little bit of a challenge. It can be, but you know, and I know what you're saying because it's like, I'm not just a businesswoman. I'm the business woman. Like, no, you are, I, it's I like Jay-Z what, said, he said, you know, uh, yes, I'm, I'm that, the brand. That, I'm the brand. Right. Um, and there is a lot of pressure around that and there is a lot of potential for burnout around that. So you have to figure out, you know, how to bottle and sell it. You have to figure out how to make mm-hmm. money where every dollar doesn't touch your hand. Yes. Even yes. if you're the small biz lady. Yes. So, yes. Um, and those are some of the things that I've been working on very hard over the last year. Mm-hmm. How can I create programs and systems that people will still be able to enjoy and get me and experience me mm-hmm. without me necessarily having to be there standing in front of them? Well, and, and your book is such a good example of that as well. And, um, um, and you know, your, your DVDs that you recently put out about, uh, using Twitter and social media. And speaking of that, you know, as we wrap up here a little bit, Melinda, what are your favorite social media tools? And I don't mean, you know, Twitter and Pinterest or whatever, just the things that you use to make them effective. What are your favorite ones and why? My my favorite scheduling tool for small business, um, for social media is actually Sprout Social. Mm-hmm. I love Sprout Social. And let me tell you why. Sprout Social is awesome because it allows me to know my analytics. It allows me to really know how people are experiencing me and using my content. It's the reason why I know that I generate 70 million media impressions every single week. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a scheduler to send my content out. It is the best tool that I have to really know who's using my content, where are they coming from and, and how big is my reach on any given 
week. And, and, and I love that. One of my other really favorite tools that I love to use is the pocket app. So when I'm running around and I don't have time to read things, I send them to my pocket app. So when I have time on a plane or something like that, I can go back and, um, and, and check them out and, and see what people are talking about that's relevant to my audience. And I love, love, love that. That's right, because it stores them on your hard, on your smartphone hardware, so you don't have to be in the air and download it. Exactly, right. exactly. So I can use it when I'm not allowed to use Wi-Fi. You know how they always threatening people on airplanes about Wi-Fi. Right, right, right. And well, now they're just taking your money for it. but anyway. Right, right. <laughs> no more threats. Suddenly it works. It just costs you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> always the evil empire trying to get one over on the um, Yes. And I, and I also really like... Um, there's an app that I use and it's called coffee break and I use it with my Mac and it forces me to take a break from my computer. Oh, nice. Now that, Oh girl, that is a whole nother podcast. Is it not? Yes. Getting up from that computer. And that is such a passion of mine because my business relies on me sitting or standing at a computer. Um, not, not me all the time, but certainly, um, I'm sitting at a computer now doing this podcast. So, um, so Melinda, as we close out here on Indie Business Podcast, tell us where are the best places online that we need to go to check you out? Well, you can always follow me at Small Biz Lady on Facebook and Twitter, or you can go to my website, smallbizlady.com. And if you want a copy of my book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, you can go Anywhere books are sold, Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, Barnes and Noble, and Amazon. And I would love it if you would give me a review after you read my book. And and for all my listeners, I just want you to know that I remember when Melinda was writing this book. Um, this book is just a real intense and excellent compilation of a month-by-month approach to starting your business. And Melinda, I just want to say too that not only is it written in in a way that you could take all 12 months, but you could choose one month. You could choose one particular month that you need help on in your business and or one or two and just read those that you need right now. It's a great resource to carry around and just pick up when you need a boost in any particular part of your business, whether it's social media or finances or or whatever it might be. So thank you so much, Melinda, for making it so approachable. And so it's not easy, but it is bite-sized nuggets. Well, I thank you so much, Donna Maria, for for giving me that shout out. You know, when you write a book, it's the loneliest thing in the whole world. Yes, indeed. grateful that it has been such a powerful resource to you and so many others. And I mean, listen, guys, I eat my own dog food. I wrote this book because it is the advice I wish someone had given me all those years ago. So God bless you guys. You know, being an entrepreneur is a spiritual journey as much as it's anything else. And I wish you the best of everything. Thank you so much, Melinda. And for being on our show today, we're just so excited to have you. Check her out, everyone, on Twitter, Small Biz Lady, and make sure you attend the next Small Biz Chat. It's always great. Bye, Melinda. Bye, Donna Maria. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Indie Business 
podcast. And if you did, won't you show us some love on Twitter? Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love, and you can let your friends know that you enjoy our show. We really want to make it useful to you. And if we are, please let me know by sharing. And, you know, if we can improve, let us know that, too. There's a contact link on our website at IndieBusinessNetwork.com so you can share what you'd like to see coming up on future episodes. I will see you on the next episode of Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.